Come on, church. Let's just worship. Let's worship. Let's press in. Come on. I, I, we need to hear your, your voices. And more than we, God needs to hear your voice and your words and your heart. Holy Spirit, speak today. Lord, we thank you. We magnify you and praise you and glorify you. God, we adore you. You are in this place. You are in this place. And Lord, we thank you that we've gathered here together to magnify the name of Jesus, to exhort your name, to magnify your spirit, to hear your word and your will. And Lord, we pray that you lead us, guide us, and direct us as we move forward. I want to read this passage or scripture into your heart uh, while we're standing. Uh, and then I want to pray to transition into the time of teaching and preaching. And I'm, I'm thankful to be back behind the pulpit today and, and, and excited for what God is going to do. Um, I hope there's a sense of expectation on each and every person because that's how we should operate. Let me read this. Mark chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. It says this, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed and went out in the presence of them all so that they were amazed. In fact, I skipped a word. So that they were all, they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never seen anything like that before. I, I just, I put my own, but we've never seen anything like that before. Guys, can I, can, before we go to the preaching, can I just speak to, to, the, to the body of Christ, those who are streaming online and in here today? When was the last time that we left saying, I've never felt anything like that before. I've never seen anything like that. We're so used to just going to church because our friend brought us, because our family made us, because we, we, we had to go. And we're just like, okay, let's just go to church. And we'll just kind of, and, and we look miserable the whole time. And we think that the worship and the preaching is so that we can leave feeling good. Oh, I feel good. Isn't that the goal that most Christians come to church? I want to be able to come to church so then I can feel good. Come on, am I going to do all the preaching today? Are y'all going to help me? What, uh, so I can just be good, so I can have a good life and feel good and get forgiveness of my sins so I don't feel guilty and I, I feel good. And, and even for parents, right? Isn't that parents' goals today? I want to raise my kids so that they can have a good life get a good home and a good job and life can just be but from what I read in scripture I, I hear that they were all amazed glorified God we never saw anything like good is the opposite of this that every time you encounter Jesus, he can do something you've never felt, do something you've never seen. He can do the impossible. Come on, church. I don't want to just, we got to get into this. We got to get into what God has for us to get prepared because you know what? We ought to get excited. And hopefully by the time you leave here today and you check off online, you decide I'm never going to leave church the same way because a lot of times we just come to church so that we can leave feeling good instead of feeling like I am so transformed. But don't we hinge it? 
I'm not going to get too farther. Let me just pray, and, and, then, and then we'll get into the teaching. I, I'm, I'm excited, as you can tell. I've had a few weeks off, and I, I just got too much to say. Lord, we thank you for today. Come on, just pray with me. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for this opportunity. I pray that you lead us, guide us, and direct us. God, if there's anybody stiff neck and hard of heart, fix them. It's not our job. Give them a little bit of act right. Get their mind right, their heart right, because the word's about to come whether they're ready or not. So God, I pray that you would get our hearts right, minds right, spirit right, for what you have to say, not for what we're waiting to hear. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to speak and we're going to receive. I pray for me that you would anoint me to preach your word and will and help me to accomplish the assignment for which you have me on. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. Let's give God some praise. You may be seated. I have like six titles I could really title this sermon, but it's a part of our series uh, I am significant. Say that with me. I am significant. They're just keeping you in the dark to keep you wondering right now. I am significant. Okay, we're going to try this again. I am significant. Okay, great. Because they see that we're on the same page here. Uh, and, and, and we need to be on the same. Did you know it's important to be on the same page? Did you know that most of the time when Jesus had issues in the midst of when he was trying to teach and preach, he would address the issues and say, let's get on the same page because we need to be on the same page. Otherwise, this is a wasted effort in time because there's nothing that happens in disunity. Everything happens in unity and agreement. And so we need to come into unity and agreement that I'm here to hear from God. And I, I read this passage, uh, the end of a story. How many, in fact, raise your hand if you've ever heard the story of the paralytic man that Jesus heals. Come on, raise your hand. Here and online. Even if you're by yourself and it feels weird, raise your hand right now. Okay, well, a lot of people have heard this story, but I want to show you some new truth in here. I almost called it the mat because I want to talk about the mat, but I also want to talk about some other characters in this story that really go unrecognized or become the bad guy in the story, which we tend to do. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But I want to show you some incredible truth that God has for you today. Somebody say, for me. For me. Oh, I'm going to tell all of our humble people out there who are like, well, it's just, Pastor, I'm not comfortable with that. You know, it's not about me. I'm just, you know, I'm a humble servant of the Lord. No, no, no. Be selfish. Turn to your neighbor and say, you better be selfish. I'm giving you permission to be a little selfish right now so that you can receive because God has something for you. God wants to speak to you. This isn't for the people back at home. This isn't for your neighbor who you know is going through something. This isn't for somebody else because you know they just need church and they need Jesus and they need help because that's what church is for. Come on, somebody. That's not what church is for. Church is for the magnifying of the bride of Christ that we can come together in unity and see the power of God demonstrated. And so that's why we're here. It's not so we can just have another good sermon, have another good worship. It's so that we can hear from God. And so I want you to look at the beginning of this story and look in chapter 2, Mark chapter 2, and verse 1. Mark chapter 2, verse 1, and I read at the end just a minute ago, 11 and 12. 
But one says this, and again, he entered to Capernaum. I want you to underline Capernaum because it's important. Well, the, the series that we're on, I Am Significant, needs to start with this story significant. This is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And not only is the beginning of Jesus' ministry, Capernaum is important. Capernaum's important to you and me more than you think you know. Capernaum was the camp for Jesus for three years. It was his home base. So he would go there a lot. He stayed usually with Peter. A chapter before this, he healed Peter's mother-in-law in Peter's house. Peter's house was across the street from the synagogue that Jesus taught at. And on Peter's house in 350 AD, they built a church, a Christian church. On top of that house in, or a church in four. 10, 420, they built another church. And then in 1990, now there's a huge, beautiful boat-shaped church that has the hull of the boat right over the church that was built in 410. And that beautiful church, Christian church, has eight pillars for the Beatitudes, and it's beautiful. Now, let me just tell you, how many remember the scripture? Peter, upon this rock, I will build my Right over Peter's house is a church, and today on Sunday, they're having church there just like Jesus said. Just You could take it in a lot of directions, but I'm going to take it literally that Jesus said, I am going to show you what's about to happen. So this is significant. Everybody say, it's significant. Yeah, you got to say it with a little attitude. It's the, it's the verbiage of it all. It's significant. You do. You have to, because it is, and I want you to get a little attitude about your own heart. You're significant. We're about to read a story about a man who had no name, four friends who had no name. We're about, we're about to read about how this crowd had no name, Pharisees and scribes only by title, and Jesus was the only one who was mentioned by name. And I wonder if there's anybody who has felt throughout this season of your life, do I even matter? Does God hear me? I haven't felt God in so long. I haven't, I've never heard God. I'm here to tell somebody who feels like you think that hearing God is some mystical thing that would never happen for you. I'm here to tell you today, you will hear the voice of God. He wants you to hear his voice. He wants to speak to you. And it's, it's not hard. It's not difficult. He wants to. So this is huge. It's important. It's significant. And I want to speak to people who don't understand your value. And sometimes you feel like you're a part of the story where you're not important. You ever felt like that before? Their needs are greater than mine. They have a bigger issue than mine. So then therefore, I, I just need to shrink back. I'm talking to some people who shrink back a lot because you, you don't mind giving other people the attention because you see that their need may feel greater than your need. So you push back and allow others to go before you when really you need Jesus just as much as anybody else around you. And I'm here to tell somebody today to give you permission here and online. You need to press in a little closer to Jesus. Stop deferring to everybody else. Did you know he has enough room around him? He has enough room for you and everybody else. And so at the beginning of this story, he says he goes back to Capernaum and he was there after some days and it was heard 
I want you to underline this phrase. Y'all know I'm a preacher, so I almost want to preach the whole message on this one point. He was in the house. Woo, somebody drop it right there. Where's my holy handkerchief? Jesus is in the house. Jesus is at Bridge Church. Jesus is at your home. Jesus is while you're on a jog. Jesus is at your work. Jesus is there. Jesus is here. Jesus is with you. Jesus will never leave you. Jesus will never forsake you. Oh, somebody better start preaching. Somebody better start getting excited. I don't care. We got to understand, because look, guys, this is how how we, it's a simple text and we can easily speed read it. Oh, well, Jesus is always there. This is the Bible. We're always talking about Jesus, 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 Jesus is always there. Why is this so important? Because we go into church wondering who's leading worship today. Wow. Oh, it's, I've never seen him before. <laughs> he's new. No, he's not. <laughs> well, who's preaching? To, is it Pastor Lannon? We got a guest speaker? I mean, is it a real headliner or is it just a Joe Schmo, you know? Is he good? Oh, I've heard him before. Not that great. You know, we, we start to turn, oh, who, oh, and we even walk up and see who's greeting. We, we start to turn, oh, well, they're not playing. I don't see anybody on the drums, but I hear drums. I don't understand this. This is confusing to me. And we, we start determining how we're cho choosing worship. And we start determining what's important. Jesus is in the house. I don't care if somebody's on the drums or not on the drums. Whoever's preaching or not preaching, singing or not singing. The most important figure in every time you encounter the word and the Lord is Jesus is in the house. Everything else is extra. That's the most important. Y'all, I told you I could preach. I'm a, you want me to keep going? Until, uh, Jesus is in the house. We keep wondering, where can I find him? Who, where is he? We're, talking, we're about to read about a paralyzed man. And it's not by chance that he was paralyzed. That, well, what if it was another? Why wouldn't it be another sickness? Did you know nothing is by chance? So the reason that he's paralyzed is not just for his story, but it's for our story too. And he had this mat and he was paralyzed because in, when you're paralytic, you don't have any much feeling. And I feel like there are people, Christians, who haven't felt God in so long, you wonder if he's even there. I haven't felt God, so I don't even know if he's real. That's, this is where the enemy tries to creep in and he tries to give, and so in doubt, is God real? Is the Bible really accurate? Is it really what? He wants to continue to creep his way into your life and shape your perspective and then shape your world because your perspective will shape your world. That's why I took a fast from social media. I encourage you to. If you, that's not a healthy thing for a pastor to say when you're streaming to, to three quarters of your church online. But like, hey, take a fast from social media. Why? Because everyone wants to shape your perspective. Good, bad, or indifferent. And if your perspective is shaped by others, it's owned by others. And if your perspective is owned by others, your world is owned by others. And so I don't need anybody shaping my perspective. I don't need anybody filtering into me what I need to preach from the word of God. I need to hear from Jesus. And I need to see what he sees, hear what he hears, speak what he speaks, instead of just being a parrot of somebody else. I'm not their puppet. Somebody shout out, I'm not your puppet. And I'm giving you permission. You don't even have to go on there and be like, hey guys, I'm, I'm taking a break. For, I'm trying to do this with a straight face, stop laughing. I'm gonna take a 30 day break B 
because you don't need to ask permission to get healthy in your mind and your heart. Just shut it off. Shut it down. Only log back into whatever you've got to do to get your heart right because you've got to shape your world by who holds the world, not by who's in the world. See, the Bible says that this isn't even part of my message, but I feel like the Holy Spirit's leaning in on this is because we're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. But yet we have gotten so entrenched of being a part of the world that we don't know how to get outside of what the world wants us to do. We're here, but we're not supposed to be a part of it. We're supposed to be here and infect the world and be a part of the world. And change. when we say we use these words like change, let's change our city. Let's change the world. That has nothing to do with fix. We're not here. You cannot fix the world. I'm going to break somebody's heart. And my, wait, it's, it's only going to stay like this? Look, look, hey, guys, we're not here to fix. That's his job. I'm here to, to be a light and salt. Salt is only a preserver of something that's already existed. So the foundation has already been laid, so I'm here to salt what he's already put down. I'm here to shine on what he's already done. I don't have another job. I don't have any more. That's what I'm called to do. So be careful who shapes your world. So then after this, it says this, he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word and they came to him, bringing a paralytic man who was carried by four men. I want to talk about the four men for a minute. This whole series is about I am significant. I'm valuable. I'm worth something. I'm important. Oh, see, see, y'all are, I'm saying it and you're thinking me, but I, I, want, I want you to say this with me. I'm going to say my name. Landon is significant, but I want you to put your name in there. Ready? One, two, three. Landon is significant. Say it one more time. Landon is significant because you're so used to not valuing yourself enough that, look, there are people around you who value what you're going through and who you're meant to be more than you do. And luckily, this man had somebody in his life to say, look, dude, we believe this. Our friend, you ever had that friend? He's got all the talent, the skill, the ability, and life hits him hard. You're like, come on, God, you know he's got a purpose. You know something's in him. You know God, Lord, they're creating. Come on, how many parents are out there? You got a kid that's going through life and you're saying, God, you, you gave him to me. God, we're going to carry him right to you because they've got value and purpose. Even when they're paralyzed, they've got potential. God, you have something special. And these four friends said, I'm going to carry him. We're going to carry him. We're going to take him there. The hard part is sometimes we need to go ahead and admit that we need to be carried. Only the sinners said amen. Okay. All you holy saints out there. Let me just tell you, we all are broken at different points in our life. And I'm going to break the news to you. A lot of times you don't know what's good for you. I'm going to say it one more time. You don't always know what's good for you. If, if, if he would have had his way, he would have gone back to where they usually place him to beg for money because that's what he was used to, comfortable with, what he knew and what he was used to. You, you got to get out of your old cycle and your old system, your old value system. God has a greater potential for you. And so he had four friends. Who do you have in your life carrying you? 
Who has ever helped carry you before? Who's carrying you now? Because at one point or another, we're either carrying or being carried. And if you're one of the carriers, imagine this. You have a friend, and your friend is, is, is lying on this mat, and four people grab a corner. And each person decides, you know what? They're all going to go different directions. How quick will that mat drop? Real quick. You ever been led down by a friend before? I'm going to make it real clear and real plain. We look at this and we laugh a little bit, but this happens all the time. That we have the closest people in our life who we depend on carrying us, but each one of them have a different direction that they want to drag us. Because you're either being drawn to Jesus or drug away. And you need to decide who's carrying you because who's carrying you will either drop you or protect you. They'll either lead you to Jesus or lead you away to Jesus. And it happens all the time. You got friends that say, man, work is more important. You don't need to worry about that stuff right now. Work, oh, come on, if you're not working, you can't go to, you can't do anything. Oh no, you know what? Family's more, doesn't family, isn't family important? Did you know family still doesn't come before Jesus? And they, but we're all, oh, no, you need family time. Don't, don't worry about going to church or spending time in your word or turning on worship music. No, family's more important. And then we got people over here, oh, no, 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 school's more important, more, way more important. Are you kidding? You paid that much money for an education? You better focus on yours. And we got all these people pulling every direction. I'm sorry, it got real quiet. Did it get too real for everybody? Is that where we're at right now? Because this is, this is what happens all the time. And we got people trying to pull us in all directions and we wonder why we're frustrated with the people around us. We wonder why we feel confusion and we feel misdirection and we feel tugged back and forth. It's because we've got people pulling us every direction but right. And we need the right people taking us the right place. And these four men said, okay, we're going to take you. Did you realize, we haven't heard a word from the paralytic man, and we won't. Didn't say a word. But how many would do a lot of talking? Come on, somebody's carrying you? Ben, can you carry me? Yeah, <laughs> who, who wants to carry me? Is this safe, chiropractor? Is it, uh, <laughs> you, can you throw me over your shoulder? Yeah, okay, do it. Let's do it. Just throw me over your shoulder. How are you going to throw it like a, like a sack of potatoes? There we go. Yeah, like that. So, not that way. Turn me around. No, they don't want to see. Hey, 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 behave, behave. So, this is harder to preach than I thought. When it could, let me down. I thought it'd be much easier to preach up there like that. But when you get up there, like, think about that. Like, I was just up there for two seconds, and I already wanted to not be carried anymore. And then you have people who are laying down. Like, you have this guy, he has this mat, and he's laying down on his mat being chauffeured around like a, like a king or something. And they're all carrying him. And I guarantee a lot of us are, will probably be responding and giving a lot of direction. Come on, you OCD people out there, you controlling people. Go ahead, just go ahead and admit I'm a sinner. And yes, I would be saying a lot. Hey, that's rough. Come on, guys. Every pothole? What, what are you doing? Where are we going? Let's not, I don't need to go to Jesus. Let's go over here. God, I need some water. Can we stop for some food? Are we there yet? Have we arrived? And, he, uh, and we'd have all these instructions and directions. Why? Because we don't like being carried. I don't like admitting that I need someone else 
in my life when I'm hurting. I don't like to admit that I actually do need someone taking me, leading me, guiding me, saying, hey, we're, we're not even going to ask you, bro. We, <laughs> we came to pick you up and show you where you're going. Sometimes you need a friend that loves you enough and finds your potential and purpose so significant. They say, I don't want to hear a word. I know where we need to go. I need to take you to Jesus and throw me over your shoulder just like Ben did and say, we're going to church. We're going to Jesus. We're going to prayer. We're going to worship. We're going to spend time with Jesus today. Come on, church. We got we to gotta love each other enough to say, hey, we're not asking. We want to show you who Jesus is. And so they, they, they grab him. They care about him. They love him. And he keeps silent. Sometimes we, we just have to remain silent when we don't really know what's good for us and get carried we have to be able to be okay with somebody loving us enough to say there's, there's something so great in you that I want to help you achieve it. And we have to be okay with letting people help us. And so then he gets these guys and they, they bring them. And what happens? They get them there. And when they could not come near Jesus because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof. So when they had broken through, I didn't get to preach about breakthrough in the last service, but I feel like I'm going to preach about breakthrough for a little bit. Because I, I, how many would have stopped at door number one? Dude, we just carried this joker for like six miles all the way over here. By the way, they're in the desert. So it is like super hot. The sun's out. They're dragging this guy. They're carrying him all the way there. And it's crowded. It's full. How many in your life, you, you would have looked and been like, ah, it's just not meant to be. Sorry, bro. Drop and then <laughs> and walk off. How many friends have given up you on door number one rather than fighting for door number two? How many times have we given up on our first door shut in our face rather than saying, God, it doesn't mean I don't have a purpose. It means I need to find another way. And you start fighting for your purpose. They, and I love how they did this because they show up and it's obviously crowded. He can see that. There's no way in. Can you imagine the, the quiet conversation? Because we're not going to tell him what we're about to do. Right? They're like, hey, there's a roof. Don't tell them. They're just leaving them there. We're going to climb up. We're going to break through. And we're going to lower him down to Jesus. Somebody like picks up a rope. Nobody's saying anything. You just see them like wandering around you. And you're like, what are we doing, guys? And they carry him up and look, look they, they fought for him. When the door seems full, instead of like the old brand of Christianity says, well, it just must not be God's will. Oh, there's RSVPs and it seems like full in a waiting list. And sometimes they make you wear a mask. And I don't know, it just, maybe it's just not God's will. Or you know what? It just didn't happen. I prayed for their healing. It just didn't happen. It must not be God's will. No, no, no. God's not saying no. God's saying he's testing your resolve to say, are you going to fight for it? Are you going to fight for your breakthrough, for their breakthrough? You're going you're to push through a little bit. Are you okay with getting your hands dirty and saying, you know what? I'm going to break through this sucker if I have to, because God's not saying you're not worth it. He's saying, God, if the front door is closed, it's because I've got a higher way for you. It's simply beneath you. 
Because if you're only willing to go the route that everyone else has gone, you'll never see what no one's ever seen. But if you go to higher heights and you do what no one else will do, you'll see things no one else has ever seen. Come on, the preacher ain't going to get much better than that. That's about all I got. Amen. No, it, we all like the, everybody likes the view. We, we live in a mountain town. Everybody likes the view, right? That's why we like the mountain. Why do they like going up to the top? Take pics, selfies. <laughs> top of the mountain. Get my pano. Look where I'm, and everybody likes, how many get on those beautiful pics on something that nobody ever really goes, and you got lots of likes, come on, y'all know what I'm talking about, and you get tons of likes because everybody's like, oh my God, what a beautiful sunset, what a beautiful view, but no, not everybody wants to make the climb that you made, not everybody wants to take the time that you took, not everybody wants to go the extra mile that you, everybody wants the spotlight in the stage, but nobody wants to get dirty and build the stage, everybody wants the test results to be great and positive but nobody wants to get on their knees and pray and fight for the breakthrough and say, God, I'm not leaving till you answer our prayer. Come on, church. We got to fight for our breakthrough because what they were telling him without saying it is you're worth it. And the harsh reality is that some of us feel like we don't have anybody in our life that would fight that much for us. But can I tell you what you need to do then? You need to be the one to fight for somebody else. You don't build an army by waiting for others to come and sign up and fight with you. You build an army of people by going and fighting with them. Oh, the devil said, what to you? Excuse me. Come, you stand right here. You, you know what? They, they did what to you? You come over here and I'm going to fight with you. They're, they're, you. You got an attack coming on your family and your life. Cancer's coming after you. You come right over here because I'm the one who's going to fight with you. I'm going to fight for that breakthrough because we're so used to giving up when it just isn't convenient. And we, we chalk it up as God's will with door number one being closed. Sometimes you got to make a door. But we're waiting. This is Christianity. We're waiting. We show up. We did all this work to get here. I got all dressed up for church. And we're just waiting for the aisle to part. And everybody's like, oh, my God. Obviously, see, we're all good people. So we're like, yes, that's exactly what we would do. Because if you saw a paralyzed man being carried in by four men, you'd be like, hey, everybody, get the heck out of the way. Jesus, look at this guy. Come on. And we'd be ushering him to the front. But there was a crowd that paid little to no attention to him. Couldn't get in. But his friend said, we're going to find a way in. And I'm not waiting for the sea to part. I'm going to find a way to Jesus. I'm going to find a way from my marriage. I'm going to find a way from my kids. I'm going to find a way from my future. I'm going to find a way from my calling. I'm going to find a way to have relationship with Jesus. I'm paralyzed and I can't feel anything right now. And it's been so long since I felt the touch of God in my life. But I won't stop here. I got friends who will carry me all the way to Jesus. And I'm going to fight for my breakthrough. Because I'm worth it. My security guy's out there clapping. Y'all, if he's clapping, we all are clapping. Because you want to know why? If I, can't, if I can't clap about breakthrough. If I can't clap about breakthrough, I can't. I'm not going to fight for a breakthrough. I'm not going to fight for healing. 
My father prayed all night. God, you better heal my son. I'm not leaving till you heal my son. And I woke up healed because my father fought for a breakthrough. I've prayed for 14 years. God, you're going to give us a baby. God, you're going to help us. I'm not quitting when I'm so close. I didn't come all the way to the front door just to say it must not be God's will. No, I'm going to fight for a breakthrough in my life because I know there's a purpose. I know there's a plan. I know there's a value here that I can't comprehend. And they valued him. He valued himself enough to remain silent. To know sometimes it's best for me to be quiet and just be at the feet of Jesus. Because we're in a nation right now, in a world right now that loves to talk. Loves to post, tweet, all of it. But God is waiting for your silence to speak. Because it was only when the crowd hushed and the man was before him, silent, that Jesus spoke. And what Jesus did is this. Verse 5, it says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, he said, son, oh, come on. That doesn't get more poet. That's Jesus. He doesn't know his name, but he's calling him his own son. Son, your sins are forgiven. He forgave the internal to change the external because an external healing will never heal the internal, but an internal transformation will change the external in your life. A lot of times we pray, God, do this and do this, and it's all outward stuff, but normally we need to turn and say, God, heal my heart. Heal what's on the inside. Don't give me more before you give me more wisdom. Don't bless me in those ways until I'm ready. Because what, how jacked up would it be that Jesus helped him stand but never gave him the strength to move forward? He had to heal the inside. And because, this is why, he saw the faith of the four, so he forgave the sin of the one. You can't read this scripture and tell me that your faith doesn't impact somebody else's eternity. Your decisions with your faith will impact someone else's eternity and you are going to either decide to devalue and make insignificant the level of faith and influence you have or you are going to decide that I don't need to say much, I just need to start showing people who Jesus is and as I do, my faith will be seen and their forgiveness will come because my faith is important, my walk with Jesus is important. Come on church, if you know that your walk with God is influential and important important and valuable. We don't need to fix our world. We need to reach our world with you. With you. That's how we change the world. That's how we impact. That's how we, that's how we make disciples. And then Jesus speaks to this next piece, and I'll close with this. He speaks to this next kind of group of people. Because when he forgives the sins, it says that some... Pharisees and Sadducees were sitting there reasoning in their did I lose you? Reasoning in their hearts inside. Jesus is about to win an argument that was never spoken. That's how bad he is. You ever thought, that, let me ask you a question. I want to see you just some nods and looks. You ever felt like someone was talking about you? Oh, yeah. Come on. Go ahead. Y'all know. You ever felt like they were, you, you even drive by a person 
and, 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 and they look and they kind of laugh or something. You're like, what the heck are you? You laugh at me? What are you laughing about? You know, you just, you automatically feel it. See, Jesus knew in his spirit, not just a feeling, but he, he perceived their heart and their heart was this. It says, why does this man speak blasphemy like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves and said to them, why do you reason about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. He said, but so that you may know the son of man has power on earth to forgive sins i say to you rise up take up your bed and go to your house and everybody started rejoicing because the paralytic man rolled up that bed and walked right out and he said oh i'm going i'm out and everybody started celebrating now why is that so important because again you may not be paralyzed maybe you're not battling cancer on the brink of divorce or bankruptcy. Maybe you're just confused. See, I think many of us are in this position where we look at scripture and we've been taught by churches and pastors and preachers and leaders that Pharisees and Sadducees and, and scribes are the bad guys. Because in our culture, we read the Bible looking for the bad guy. And we're like, oh yeah, bad guy, red flag. That's how we're trained in movies. You know what I'm talking about? You're watching me, you're like, it's him. I bet he's the bad guy. It's like the first 30 seconds of the movie because we are trained to look for it. Why? Because the enemy wants to get us fixated on the bad guy instead of the healer. He wants us looking for the enemy instead of the ally. He wants us to look for the adversary rather than the one, oh, come on. He, he wants us looking in the, all the wrong places, constantly seeing the devil behind every door, in every person, demonizing anybody and everybody who looks different, sounds different, thinks different than us, and we constantly want to judge him. How dare they? But how many of you would be thinking the same thing? I'm sorry I'm going a little long. Is this okay? Yes. I'm gonna close in like just two minutes. But we, we look for this. And we see these guys, but how many would have been just like them? How many have lived for Jesus? You're saved and you've been living for Jesus longer than a year. Raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand. Raise your hand. If you're, okay, look at that. That's incredible, right? Awesome. Now, who forgives sins? You or Jesus? I'm going to say it again. Who forgives sins? You or Jesus? So would you be sitting there too? Not knowing who Jesus was, but knowing who God is. But, and you say, whoa, who are you? If I walked up to you and say, you don't need Jesus, I forgive you. I guarantee you ought to be like, what the heck is this guy doing? You're not allowed to do that. That's exactly what they were doing. They were like, no, 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 wait. At least they had the etiquette not to speak. And they, they held it and refrained. And Jesus said, hey, because if Jesus was just there to rebuke and correct and to get his point across, he would have said, how dare you think that? He would have corrected them, rebuked them. He'd have chastised them. He'd have done all of it, but he didn't. He said, I want to show you. I want to show you that I have, I have the authority to forgive sins. And I'm going to heal him 
so that you can see because I'm not just here to heal him and I don't just care about him and I don't just care about the four. I care about your heart too and I want to heal those who are in confusion. I want to heal those whose minds are being torn. I'm here for you too because I'm not just here for the one. I'm here for everybody. And Jesus is saying, I am here for you in the midst of your confusion, in the midst of your uncertainty, in the midst of your questions and the all the enemy's thoughts bombard you. He said, I'm here for you. So let me show you. And he heals him. Rolls up his bed. I wonder who needs to roll up their bed today. Because we've had, we have beds. The woman at the well had a bucket. Some of us have mats. And this mat is a mat of comfort. I'm comfortable with this. I'm because com- I know it. It's my mat for many years. It's it's a blanket of warmth, and I, I like my mat because at least I know where I'm at, and at least I I know the hurts and pains of the past, and I'm more comfortable with the wounds that I have than the wounds I could possibly get trying to do something new. I'm comfortable with my insecurities because if I step out, it's going to cause me to have more. I, I'm, I'm more comfortable being right here and, and, and staying where I've always stayed than stepping out. It took all faith for him to stand and walk and say, I'm not going to live in that anger anymore. I'm not going to live in that bitterness anymore. I'm not going to live in my insecurity anymore. And he had to roll up before he left. He's standing in front of everybody, rolling up who he used to be for who he could be. And he's saying, I am going to, now the best part is, is Jesus said, now take it with you. He said, take up your bed and go. Why would he do that to him? This is the, the, the place known for who all of his shortcomings and hurts and pains and pitiness that he's lived in. Because Jesus doesn't want you just to leave it and forget it. He wants you to take it with. Hey guys, I used to be like this. I used to be, I used to be an angry man. I used to be a jealous person. I used to be paralyzed. I used to be sick and lame. I used to be, but guess who I am today because of the grace of Jesus Christ, because I'm not here to forget my past. I'm here to use it as a testimony. If God can do this, he can do it in you. He can do it in you. Somebody shout, he's going to do it in me. Come on, shout it again. He's going to do it in me. It's like a badge of honor. Oh, I used to be. But now, I want to show you. This is my testimony. Will you stand with me as we prepare to close? I don't need to take it. I don't need to worry about it. And I don't need to live in it anymore. But I get to show it. God, you healed my family. You restored my marriage. You gave us the fulfillment of the desires of our heart. God, look at the testimony. You healed them of drug addiction. You you healed them of pornography issues. You delivered them from hatred and violence. God, look what you did. This is my testimony. Take up your mat and walk. And the whole, everybody, the whole city started rejoicing and glorifying God. I wanna pray with you. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you for today. I thank you for the opportunity that we're not going to leave here just feeling good. We need to leave here feeling transformed. 
And God, if the, there's a disconnect, it's because we haven't fought through the crowd enough to get close enough, to experience enough, to touch you, to hear you and feel you in our life. And Lord, I pray right now, if there's somebody who needs a touch from Jesus, don't wait for your breakthrough. Fight for your breakthrough. Pray for your breakthrough. Raise your hands for your breakthrough. Shout for your breakthrough. Clap for your breakthrough. Pray for your breakthrough. Praise and worship for your breakthrough. Don't stand there silent. Don't sit there at home silent. You got to start getting loud and saying, I'm going to fight for my breakthrough. Oh, Luke chapter 5 tells the same story and in verse 17 it says the same introduction that Jesus there in Capernaum and he was at the house but it also says and there was the power to heal and that's important because I think if no one would have fought through Jesus would have been content with their comfort I have the power to heal but I'm not going to force a healing in your life I'm going to wait for you to fight for your breakthrough and then I'll bring it the power of the healing of God is here. Who do you know? What do you know? Do you need a healing, a touch from God? Let's raise our hands. Lord, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every single person and the sound of my voice. God, right now, come on, pray with me, saints. Right now, let the Holy Spirit fall. Let an anointing fall. Let a touch from God fall. Let us hear and feel and experience Jesus like never before. Where there once was doubt, there is now faith. Where there once was uncertainty, God, Lord, there is now clarity. God, where there once was confusion, God, Lord, there is a now sounding, resolving sounding, Lord, a, a word from God in our mind, in our heart. And I thank you, God, that there's clarity now. Oh, we receive it. We receive the healing from God. We receive it, God. We thank you and we praise you for it. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you want to receive Jesus Christ into your life right now, here and online, if that's you, no one's looking around, I want you to raise your hand right now and we're going to pray with you. Thank you for those hands going up. Thank you for those hands going up here and online. Come on, raise them nice and high. I know there's two more people that I feel like God really wants you to just open up your heart and say, you know what? I'm going to try. You know what? I'm going to step out. You know what? I'm, I'm going to push through. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to fight for my breakthrough. I want you to raise. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Raise your hand because God's going to do it. God's going to do it. For every hand raised and heart open, I want everybody to repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I receive you now as my Lord, as my Savior. As my heavenly Father, I repent of my sins. I'm forever yours, and I am saved. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Let's give God some praise. Awesome. Amen. Gosh, what a good Sunday. So thankful you're here. Can't wait for next Sunday. I got a great word that God has been downloading into my spirit for you, and I can't wait to share it. Uh, but continue to press in, guys. When you leave here today, what, what was the scripture we started with? We all glorified God. We all glorified God. The Pharisees, the scribes, the they all glorified God. When you leave here today and you go to your lunch and your brunch or you go home, you turn up the worship music, you talk to your waitress about Jesus and you say, man, there's a purpose on your life. There's a message. You just start speaking and exuding Jesus everywhere you go because we are not going to be a church that just comes and goes and nothing ever happens. But we will be the church of Jesus Christ that impacts the world because we glorify God. Come on. Let's give him praise and give God a good shout of praise. Incredible.
Awesome. Well, let's speak this bridge declaration together. We'll be dismissed, and I'll see you next Sunday. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. Amen. God bless you, Bridge. Have a great week. And we'll see you soon. We are so glad you joined us. If this message spoke to you and you made a spiritual decision, we would love to connect with you. You can do that by sending us an email to info at wearebridge.church and let us know the steps you took. And also, if you're new to our Bridge Online Church family, we have a gift for you. So if you could email us to info at wearebridge.church, we'd love to get your information so we can send you that gift. We're so thankful that you worship with us today. And remember to stay connected because we're so much better together. We'll see you later, Bridge Church. My name is registered in heaven.